All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. I'm part of the Mile High Sports Podcast family over here, and I am excited. Joined by a very special guest, former boss, current colleague, one of my favorite people in the world. It is Adam Maris, the VP over at DNVR. Is that your official title now? I have no idea what my title is over there, man. I, I honestly don't know. Nobody does. We can go vibes master at this point. Like that's that's probably where we're at with this. Uh, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Um, Friday, ex- long week. Excited for a weekend. <laughs> Might might take like a nap. Might just do the dad thing where I just fall asleep on the couch at like six today. We'll see. Oh, I love it. That's a you gotta you gotta act like you're watching something, and then yep. you just get the the beer in your hand, and you just just crash back. It's it's and leave no, leave your wife to do everything with the kids. That's that's just how <laughs> that goes. <laughs> Should be good. There you go. Uh, so we're, we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk vibes today. We're gonna talk about Nikola Jokic, and I kind of wanted to frame it through this announcement that you guys just made that. I, I had previously heard about, obviously, that you you kind of been floating as as a possibility for a while. Uh, the entire DNVR Nuggets crew is going to Serbia. It's, yeah. it's the first time you guys have have done something like this. I, I know you guys went out to summer league too, but this is just an entirely new beast. This is incredible, uh, and I can't keep like I, one of the things I wanted to talk about, kind of framing this. How different would it be if Nikola Jokic was just like? joe smith from atlanta like like how different would all of our lives be how different would the culture be around this team around this organization and around just kind of the the fan base if if nikola Jokic wasn't who he was i think it's just incredible what you guys are doing with the serbia trip and i just want to hear a little bit more about it yeah man it is really cool we actually talked about that today this idea of like it's cool how your life unfolds you know as a fan of something like we didn't i didn't know anything about serbia really i didn't have any connection to it or really pay it any attention. And then, you know, you get a Nikola Jokic in your life. He turns out to be this transcendent talent. And that's one of the cool things about sports and about just, you know, this world that we exist in where sports really have brought so many people together. I mean, it's brought you and me together. And mm-hmm. now it's brought us together with people from Serbia and and, and from uh, the Balkans. And I'm excited to get a chance to go out there and meet so many of these people and learn a little bit more about it. And, you know, best of all, it coincided with Jokic actually playing for Team Serbia against Giannis and Team Greece in Belgrade. So you get to watch that game, uh, which which will be pretty incredible as well. Um, so yeah, it's really cool, man. Sports are sports are cool. Jokic is cool, and I'm I'm glad we get to do this. Are you guys gonna go see that game in person? Yeah, we're gonna be at that arena. So I don't know yet whether we will be there as fans solely or as credentialed media members or some combination, but um part of me, I mean, I would love to be able to do media and maybe get to see a little bit behind the scenes or what have you, but a big part of me wants to just go and be in the stands for that and and kind of feel the energy of uh, of what it's like to watch that. One of the things that our, our European audience tells us every time is that the the culture of the fandom between these two countries is just entirely different and how everybody gets rowdy. You have fireworks going off in the crowd. You've got uh, just these massive chants. And a lot of it kind of stems from the from uh, soccer culture, football culture over there. But uh, I think it's just fascinating how that has now permeated into what we do. It's especially what you guys do, just kind of leading the vibes of the fan base. And it, you mentioned it before, it's, it's changed all of our jobs completely. Every Everything that I think about now, I think as a prism between two different fan bases, it's from the Denver, uh, the actual Denver United States fan base, 
and then through the Serbia fan base. And I know we have several people in Australia. We've got some different, like we've got some English yeah. folks that, that everything is super popular over there as well. But it's just two entirely different cultures and then melding it together is pretty cool. It's so it's so cool, man. I mean, I know you know this too. Yeah, in, in ways good and bad. I know you got introduced to Argentinian culture too in a way that was maybe a little shocking. <laughs> but no, man, it, it's cool. It's really cool. And like I said, you know, Serbia is now maybe a country I got top three or four country I know about now, and, and so I am excited to kind of even learn more. I know Miroslav goes on your guys' show and he does the the Serbian culture or Serbian. What what is it? What is the segment called with him? Serbian Corner. Yeah. Serbian corner. That's the one. Uh, and he's, he's been fantastic. Miroslav, shout out to him. Uh, you guys are going for a week. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and I keep coming back to just where Denver was, where the Nuggets organization, where the fan base was before Nikola Jokic was drafted. Like, everything had gone sort of haywire after Carmelo Anthony was traded, got a very brief respite with the 57 win team. Honestly, I wouldn't even put it this way, though. Like you're saying since when Carmelo got traded, like there was not really much of a dip from when Melo was traded. They sustained that. That was it almost had nothing to do with the fall off that happened later. Yeah. And then like I I do agree with that, especially just from a from a record standpoint and from a feeling standpoint. But there was always, I guess, this sort of feeling, especially after Gallo went down when he when he had that right. injury, that things were just going to not go any better than than where they were. And there was a pretty deep, dark place that that the Nuggets fan base and I think the organization was there for a while. Like the Arnovitz article came out at that point. Uh, things were not going well. I remember Tim Connolly uh, tried to sign Kenneth Farid to a five-year deal that wasn't even legal at the time. Right. And and there's just a lot of these things that. I think Nikola Jokic has, has really saved everybody from. I mean, there's no question. I mean, some of this is fair and some of it is not. You're right. The, the Arnovitz article is funny. So much of journalism, and I think Kevin Arnovitz is a great journalist. He's he's a, and I've had a chance to like get to meet him a few times down at Summer League. He's always been very gracious and very interesting to talk to. But, you know, that article was one of those ones where it's like the Nuggets are bad. They have some mistakes, you know, recent stumbles. And then you can extrapolate this entire story about them and, and, and the hopelessness of them. It is funny to me that that story was written at the exact moment when the Nuggets were actually on the mend and on the on the way up. And by the way, I think they had already drafted Nikola Jokic at this point. Um, mm. You know, he just hadn't made his way over yet. So it's kind of funny how those things work. And I think one of the main stories about the the Jokic era, of course, Jokic saved him. But you could say this for anybody like, oh, the Bucks were saved by Giannis. Like, yeah, of course. Like when you get a good player, they make your team good. That's <laughs> save or or just, you know, that that's how this works. I don't I don't know how you want to phrase it. But, um, you know, it, it it is one of the staples of the Jokic era. Maybe we would call it the Tim Conley era up until this point. Maybe we'd call it the Michael Malone era. And maybe we'd call it the Josh Kroenke era. I think you can make arguments in part for all of it. But one of the staples has been long runways for players not all players but for most of your big players for coaches for front office members was let's not overcorrect after a year or two and if you know the history of the denver nuggets over 57 58 years there haven't been a lot of long runways in fact i think you look at like the most the fifth most tenured coach in, in nuggets history is dan Essel never coached for three consecutive seasons like there's a lot of just hey correct correct change 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 that was one where they made some real stumbles early, and it's a great thing that they didn't overcorrect at that moment and said, you know what, stick to something and try to build long term. And now we here we are, you know, eight years later. It is 
it's very fair. I, I think there's a lot of people within the Nuggets organization that that might take a little bit of offense to, to me painting it as, oh, Nikola Jokic saved the Nuggets by himself because it wasn't just Nikola Jokic. He had to grow as a player, as a person. And uh, Jamal Murray was a part of that. Michael Malone was a part of that. Tim Connolly, obviously, kind of the, the godfather of what Denver was doing over here for a while. Uh, it just sort of seems to me like when you, when you luck into a piece like a Jokic and you get to a place where he's offered the largest contract in NBA history and there's never even a question about whether he's going to sign it and whether he deserves the money, that's the, the ultimate sweet spot where the Nuggets are with, with their guy. And, and having a player like that that you can centralize everything around, it has stabilized things to the point where Denver's experienced some turmoil over these last couple of years, and, and I don't think it's affected them. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that's the thing about building in the NBA is all of these micro decisions are so important when you don't have the big piece in place. When you do have the big piece in place, they're still important. Like you want to get as many things right as possible, but you can handle missing on one or two or three or four of these things. And the better the player, the more sort of uh, wiggle room you have to make mistakes there. So, But just to go back, though, because I do hear this a lot about like, oh, well, they got lucky. He was a second round pick. They got lucky. And of course, like anybody will tell you they got lucky. But, right. you know, if Peyton Watson, who was taken at 30th, turns out to be great, everyone will say, well, they got lucky. They got, you know, Peyton Watson at 30th. You know, like we have to remember that in the moment, these decisions are actually important. Do we trade a pick or do we use it? Do we stay patient with the pick or do we use it? Like. We could go back to 2014, a Nuggets team that was coming off of a 57-win season and then a crater when they didn't have Gallo, and you could make an argument that another GM might have said, 41st pick, what if we trade that so we could get another player that gets us back to glory and we do this? And, you know, the fact that there was like a, hey, this guy has a really high upside. Let's see what he does. I don't know. Like, we'll we'll, we'll see. You at least get a little bit of credit for, for having this vision of, hey, this guy. And by the way, Tim Conley would tell you this even back then. Jokic was a lottery ticket. He was a Peyton at Peyton Watson esque lottery ticket where they were like, he might not be anything. He might just be good, but he might be good. I don't, they didn't think MVP good, but they thought, you know, but he might actually be kind of special. And it ended up paying off. Oh, it's a hundred percent. And you mentioned wiggle room Jokic at this point, automatic 48 plus wins. Now that we've seen it automatic, a playoff berth at this point. You need some, you need some pieces around and you need everything to kind of stabilize, but he has to this point really shaped everything and every single decision that the Nuggets have now made where you, you draft a Peyton Watson. Now you could take chances on a guy like that on Christian Brown, as opposed to maybe a higher ceiling prospect, because you can uh, look at this guy and look at the formula that Denver has now built and just be thankful for where everything is at. And you don't necessarily have to stress about some of these micro decisions in some ways where, okay, now, now it's really go time for a team that's led by Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. And you, you, you probably, every single micro decision there has to be so important. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it, man. No question about it. Although it is also funny that you get to the points now and you know, we look at the roster, you know, the, the success of the Nuggets might come down to Christian Brown and Davon Reed and Zeke Naji, like the guys on the periphery who were just kind of like, they're not the top five, six, seven guys, but they sure could end up swinging the season based on how well they play. It's why getting everybody in the building was such a big deal. Like it, and for a team like Denver, where you, you in a city like Denver, where 
like you're not going to have that flexibility in a lot of different ways. You're not going to find the guy that in the the team that's just willing to give you the player for free. Right. Uh, that's just it's just never been their thing. So either way, thankful for Nicole Jokic. He's impacted our lives very <laughs> much. Uh, he's like, I have a job, like you mentioned, because of Nikola Jokic. There, there's no way that I could be doing this in all likelihood because, uh, or unless Nikola Jokic was in the building, or maybe there was another guy that Denver would have gone down. But this butterfly effect has been so vast that I think we can all definitely say, yeah, this is this has definitely been super super helpful. It's funny, man. When Tim Conley came to the DNVR bar, you know, a couple months back during the season, when he came over, we had the big watch party. There's one of our big followers, Molly, comes to him and says, she says, Tim, I have to thank you. You have no idea how much Nikola Jokic has impacted my life. And he goes, ha, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's so fantastic. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to do the opposite of what we just did. We're going to talk about the chemistry and whether the whether the chemistry is, is in a good place or, or what Denver has to do in order to get it to that great place. But first... This podcast, as you know, guys, it's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Summer is here. There's no better time to make your first bet with Superbook. Along with its usual vast betting menu, Superbook already has a lineup for every pro football game this fall. Plus, when you make your first deposit on the Superbook app or sign up at Superbook.com, they will match 100% of your money up to $500. It's never been too early to start thinking about football at Superbook Sports. Place your bet. Start winning today. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1 800 522 4700. All right, we're back. Jackson Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Joined today by the great Adam Mars over at DNVR. Uh, it's been a long time since Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, and Nicole Jokic have played together. Just, just a a long, long time. I last night, I I don't know if I tweeted this last night, but I've been binge watching Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. highlights more than I ever have before. So true. Yeah. Same. I mean, like it's been the same. Like you, you go long, you know, as long as we have basically without seeing them at their best, and you almost you almost start to forget a little bit and. The team has shifted a lot, and I know that's what we're going to talk about, but that's one of the big questions is we all kind of feel like we know what this team looks like when healthy. We know what this team is when they're healthy. Well, we kind of don't. <laughs> There's a lot of pieces that we actually don't know. I, we know the big pieces, but that's it's an interesting question to whether that's what matters or whether you know it was the whole the totality of it that matters. The theory of the building, perfectly sound. I think everybody would say you get a guy like Jokic in the building, you get Murray who's shown what he can do in the bubble, Michael Porter Jr., that 45% three-point spacer. Like how many teams can say that they have that level of offensive talent and yet we just haven't seen it together in a long time. So I know you've shared this stat with me previously and on the DNVR show that 126 offensive rating when those guys were on the floor. That's that's incredible. Like it's hard to beat that. It's insanity. And and yet we still don't know what those guys are going to look like when they come back. And I think one of the things, it's not just a physical thing. It's not even just a mental thing. I think it's what these guys believe that they are going to be and where they were. Are they just going to pick right back up? Is it going to take a little bit of time? 
is Jamal Murray going to be happy taking 10 shots most of the time, or is he going to take 20 shots most of the time? And then that sort of affects a guy like Michael Porter Jr. Where are you at on the, on the chemistry of the team right now? I mean, it's a big mystery to me. I actually think it's pretty substantial and it doesn't have anything. The, the, the guys that I don't think the chemistry is going to, I, that I think picks up where it left off is Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. I did that one into training camp. They're going to be back there. I don't know if Murray will be back to the level to be able to take full advantage of it that way. But just in terms of remembering, like, how do we do this again? How do we do this dance? They just have too many reps at it. Just too many reps. If you told me that it took a month to get the chemistry down pad, like if they had a game October 30th uh, where the crunch time, tie game, last three minutes, and they, they don't get the job done, not because they missed shots, because there were some turnovers and some clunkiness, I'd say, okay, that's believable. I'm not betting on it, but I wouldn't be that surprised. But if you told me that on November 30th, I'd be surprised. I'd be like, you know what? I don't think it's going to take that long for them to kind of get back to the chemistry that they once had. And maybe Jokic has to turn the dial a little bit more into, hey, it's it's my time. Let, let's let Jamal ease into the season. You know, he might have to skew that dial. He might not. Um, maybe that's the case. But the chemistry aspect of it, I don't think is going to be there uh, an, an issue. With Aaron Gordon, I think that Jokic and Gordon have actually developed a really nice chemistry from where they started. Um, even where they started last training camp, I distinctly remember a play, I believe it was in the preseason, where they run that pick and roll, the 5-4 pick and roll, and Yoke goes to jumps. It's like a jump pass, and he jumps and he throws it over the top. The defense both jumps out, and Aaron Gordon doesn't roll. He just sits there, and Yoke gets so mad. He's like, dude, every time we do this one, just roll. It's how it works. And like those never happen. Like by halfway through the season, you never saw that. Those guys had great chemistry. Michael Porter's the one that's always had a little bit of a difficult chemistry. And, and I think that one is going to take some time. And I think all the other guys, the Bruce Browns, the KCPs, um, the Zeke Najis, even those guys, I think the chemistry is also going to be in work in progress. So to me, Jamal, Aaron Gordon, Jokic, those guys, I think I'll have it really quick. All the other pieces to me are going to be a year long, a season long process. And how well they they gain that chemistry is going to determine how far they go. We introduce so many new pieces that this is always going to be an issue, right? Like KCP, Bruce Brown, you've got new guys that are that are probably going to be the fifth and sixth most played players on, on the roster for sure. They haven't played a, a minute with Nicole Yoka, Church, Jamal Murray or any of these guys. Uh, and then reintroducing Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. back, that's going to it's just a different layer that Denver's going to have to work themselves through. And talent usually wins out in these cases. I, I think we've seen that more often than not, that if you've got guys that are trying to go the same direction, then usually the talent will, will help kind of ease them into it. I got into an argument with somebody online about Porter and, and Denver's chemistry because he was saying that Michael Porter Jr. is hurting Denver's chemistry because of the types of shots that he takes and that Jokic was getting frustrated and that he that it was it was hurting Denver's chemistry. And I I tried to refute that. I, I don't think that that's actually a thing because I think there's a difference between kind of a young player working their way through stuff versus a player who's like actively trying to go away from what the Nuggets are trying to do. I don't think Porter is trying to do like the bad stuff. I, I really just right. think he's trying to play his game and, and play the best way he thinks he can help the team win. Yeah. It, it's just tough. Like I, I, I think that Porter is like on board and I, I haven't seen any reason to think otherwise. I, this is the toughest one because first of all, 
I, the effectiveness is what matters here. And as we mentioned, like when Jokic and Porter, just those two guys are on the court together, the offensive ratings like 123 or 122 or something. It's like a, a, it's absurd, even if you take the Murray piece out of it. Um, and then we've seen this also. It's it's funny. We were thinking about this the other day, but, you know, Jokic and Michael Porter together. I know you wouldn't just say it was them. This was really more Jokic and then a heroic effort from all of the supporting cast. But they did beat Damian Lillard, you know, in, without Jamal Murray, you know, missing some other pieces. They did win a playoff series, which is not nothing, you know. So they already have an effectiveness that transcends the level of chemistry that they have, which is part of what's so encouraging because you feel like there is more that they can achieve together. Like they haven't fully unlocked the way that Jamal Murray fully unlocked it in 2020. They were good together. They were effective, but two thousand and there was a little bit before then, but too, but 2020 is where we saw the peak where we're like, wow, these two guys are just like in lockstep. And I think that's what people are talking about. And when you talk about Nikola Jokic, I do think it's pretty easy. I, I don't think I'm stretching anything here to say he does get frustrated with Michael Porter in ways he does not with Jamal Murray. Meaning Michael Porter takes sometimes and even makes shots that are outside the rhythm of what Nicola would prefer. And I think the challenge for this year is going to be finding the right balance of acceptance of, hey, this guy is good enough to step outside the line sometimes. And there are real positives to when he steps outside the line. Clay Thompson takes stupid shots all the time. Right. It actually has this benefit to the team of like teams know, hey, he doesn't have to be open to fire and we have to like not allow him to even get those looks. We have to we have to overreact to his bad shots because we can't let him make two or three in a row. Michael Porter is absolutely that kind of guy. And so the challenge is going to be how do you get those bad shots to be the right, you know, the right quantity and how do you kind of rein him in in the right way so that he knows when to take those, when not, and understand what it is that Nicola and Jamal really want of him and his role in this offense? Yeah, it definitely seems like I think there were some times at the beginning of this last year when Porter was kind of struggling as well as kind of in that that realm where Porter was still trying to figure his way out the, the previous year that any time he took one bad shot, you could see it on Jokic's face. You could see it right. on, hey, this is this is not great. And and so I think, like you said, kind of finding that right balance of, hey, one is fine. One, one bad shot for Michael Porter means Nikola Jokic doesn't have to run the offense that possession. Like, right, and right. I think it's one of those things that like he's just going to have to probably let go of the rope a little bit more, kind of like how Michael Malone has needed to let go of the rope at various points and just let the offense cook. I think Nicola, with as ball dominant and as kind of uh, central as he has been to the team, obviously you like that. It's kind of like the Luka Doncic effect where he and the James Harden effect where they're, they're responsible for everything. They have to learn to be responsible for a little bit less in order for the team to be more and more successful. Like it's going to help Nicola, I feel. Yeah. I, there's no question about it. But here's the thing, and, and this is where I empathize with Nicola, because you're right. Some of this is like, Hey man, like you got to relax a little bit. The Nuggets in the one season where they played together, you know, from for a majority of the season, where we really got the Porter Murray minutes a lot, a, a lot of those. the The problem is you want to fall into rhythm. I think George Carl would call this flow basketball or connect, you know, playing connected, where everybody kind of is on the exact same page. And when guys take bad shots and you don't have trust in them, that connection falls out. It's almost like. You know, when you're playing a video game and you're earning like bonus points or something and you have to get to 10 before then all of a sudden you're on fire, or whatever. Like this is kind of what it's like is you start 
you have one really good balls popping possession. Like, okay, we're getting a rhythm. You have another one in a row and you're like, oh, we're starting to get rolling here. Then you get a third one. And it's like, boom, we're in flow. Now we're just going to every time down just feels natural. We're all just feeling it. When a guy takes a bad shot and you don't have trust in him, it resets it to zero. And I think this is the thing about the Nuggets and with him in particular is kind of sensing that. Are we in a moment right now where we're close and we're establishing something? Let's stick to the program. Are we not? You know, then, you know, maybe that's when you can pick a spot and kind of call your own number here. And Yoke, to your point, has to allow for that sort of freedom and, and to get there. But when you get to the playoffs, the Michael Porter shots, he hit the first of all, he took an out of rhythm shot against the, the Clippers and made it. And the Nuggets won the series because of it. Like it was a pivotal <laughs> shot. So sometimes he could take those in the worst moments and it'll still work out. But I do think you're more likely to first quarter, you're taking some bad shots out of rhythm. Like, hey, those aren't the ones the team understands and trusts, and all of a sudden you spiral out of control. So it's you might end up getting a lot of games and it might work out in aggregate in the regular season, but you do want to by the playoffs. Everybody is kind of in the right understands, you know, what we're all working towards doing and 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 you're stepping outside the lines a little bit less. It's going to be fascinating, and we've talked about this before with the the Murray Porter Jokic, but also Bones, I think, kind of factors into this too, not necessarily from the chemistry standpoint, but because he's more in the offensive pillar kind of tier of what Denver is going to do. Like, I think he's going to be the fourth most important offensive player for the team beyond uh, Jokic, Murray, and Porter at this point, and so we've talked, and I think we talked previously on the, the rotation podcast about how Bones and Porter when they're on the court together with the second unit, that feels like a really good opportunity for Denver and, and maybe Porter specifically to kind of work outside the lines a little bit. It's when Jokic is out there. It's when Murray's out there that obviously you got to rein it back in. We've had these discussions before. We've, we've talked about this as, as what Denver would like to do is what they probably should be doing. And that's going to be what translates the most in the playoffs, I feel but they're going to have to have opportunities where Porter goes outside the lines, even where Murray goes outside the lines a little bit and, and then just find those guys to get to the best of their ability. Because unless they go, like if they stay within the confines for the entire season, I don't know if they're going to ever reach their full offensive potential this year. Mm. Man, do you think they will? Like, just if I asked you, do you think they will reach their full offensive potential this year? Yeah, I, I, I believe I in the process. I believe Me too. it. Me too. And I also just believe in the talent. Like, I don't think there's a team that has this collection of talent. I really don't offensively. Like, the question for Denver is obviously the health. But if you just told me fully healthy, what's the better offense? Like, who's who's really challenging them for an offense that can get to that level? I mean, they have a system. They have a cornerstone player that that carries that system meaning you know when going gets tough hey worst case scenario we have nicola he's gonna get something good and then you got guys that just fit so perfectly and shoot and do everything else and i think the defense is going to be improved which means they're going to get more opportunities against scrambled defense i think one of the things that's underrated about michael porter is that him and aaron gordon are such physical mismatches for guys that it makes it even harder to switch and do these different things so to me i I do believe that they're going to get there. I think there'll be bumps along the way. And I do think this season is probably going to be a bit of a roller coaster with some highs that we haven't seen followed by some lows that scare us and, you know, some highs. And you just hope that the, the upswing of the season, the upswing of the roller coaster coincides with the playoffs. That's really in a lot of ways, if you're betting on the nuggets, that's what you're betting on is that they're going to be in the right place at the right time as a team um, because they have some landmines to kind of avoid along the way. 
Well said. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to transition into the non-basketball portion of this podcast, where we're going to do something a little bit, a little bit wild, people. We're going to talk about uh, wildlife. We'll be right back. In pickaxe and roll ryan blackford here thank you so much everybody for tuning in final segment as adam and i uh i think we're, we're both in lockstep on this where especially when it comes to the deep off season it's really important to not think about basketball at some points where just for for him and i where, where we kind of invest as as much of our mental psyche into this as possible it is important to think about other things and Last week, I did a, a segment with Jeff Morton on streaming, and we talked about different different streaming uh, things yeah. that we've been enjoying, and it, I, I really enjoyed doing that pod. And I came across this tier list that somebody posted. I, I actually I don't remember who it was. I'll, I'll have to credit them later. Uh, but they posted about the the age old question of can I win this one on one with this wild animal, and it is the funniest thing. I love questions like this because oh, they're the can best. Have an opinion. It's awesome. <laughs> We're also, you know, it's funny, man, because I saw this a while back. It was a survey, so this this thing was cool. You know, I I, I know it, it was part of another podcast. These guys were doing it, but I saw a survey one time where it was like people's confidence level in the same question, and they had different animals. And I'm telling you, there was like alligator, and it was like. 14% of men think they could take, you know, grizzly bear. 9% of men think they could take, and you guys like, who are these 9% of people? Like, what kind of survey was this? Because if there really is 9% of human beings out there that think they have a chance against a grizzly bear in hand-to-hand combat, like, what are we doing? People are dumber than I thought. I think you commented on, on this uh, this tier list that was posted that everything should probably be moved down at least one section. Based at least. At <laughs> least. I mean, some of them you're like, I, it was funny, actually. The thing about that graphic was um, I saw somebody quote tweet it with the like, I can't even remember which animal it was that they were talking about, but it was the Shaq meme where he's like apologizing to Christian Wood where he's like I just have to issue an apology I did not know that was your game it cracked me up because that is how most people are like oh I could take a chimpanzee and then someone tells you about their strength and this and you're like oh yeah I didn't realize that okay Never mind. I love it. It's it's hilarious. We we always overrate our own personal abilities and underrate these these animals that we deem as cute because we've seen them in cartoon form and we've seen them like like talking in in like I don't know uh jungle book or something like that it's 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 always funny so we're gonna do this we're actually gonna work there are so many animals on this particular list that we probably won't get through them all but i did want to go through some of these because i think it is hilarious uh i've written out every single animal because sometimes like for me who's not as cultured as somebody like mr adam Morris, might uh might be a little bit struggle on the struggle bus when it comes to identifying some of these magnificent Ooh, creatures know. Um, but no, I've 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 gone through them all. I've I've made sure that I'm I'm not uh, okay. insane. So I've I sent you the list. Do you have it pulled up? I have the the pictures of them. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Some of them, like you know, are we talking about an anaconda here? I think that's what it, you know, like 
you might have to tell me exactly the specific type, but I mean, I could tell what they are. Yeah, I was just going to go. So we let's, let's let's lay out the tiers, actually. The first one is I'm getting absolutely mauled, no questions asked. Second is if I get a lucky hidden, then maybe, probably not, though, probably going to lose. Third tier, kind of the middle tiers, it would be about 50-50. Next tier down, I'm going to win the fight with this animal, but it will be a challenge. And then the fifth, this animal is getting 100% bodied. We are absolutely winning this fight. So I have a feeling that this is going to look like a staircase and that we're going to get a whole <laughs> bunch at the top and then not a lot at the bottom, but we're, we're going to have a good time just going through it. And we can go through some of these rapid fire because I know that this is a, this is a large list. It's but, fun though. It's fun. I like it. Oh yeah. Let's get into the first one. We've got a badger here. So this is a this is like an American badger here, not the honey badger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much this makes a difference, you know. Like I, um, I this is a funny one, man. Badgers are incredibly tough. I think the honey badger might be a little more resilient. I don't think people realize that the honey badger, at least, is like impervious to some degree to poison, and that makes them like an insane animal. They don't have the thing in their brain that tells them to be afraid of other animals. Right. Um, badgers are this way where they're. I think somewhat territorial, but also just have no sense of, oh, that animal's too big for me. So they will attack significantly larger animals. Um, I don't think I'm totally hopeless against a badger, but I think like, oh, we have to set the parameters here. Okay. We're not just like, these animals are trying to kill me, right? This is not like, oh, yeah. No, this, is just a death, this is a death match and you have bare hands. Like, you don't have yeah. a, a knife or anything like that. You've got bare we're, hands. We're contained in some kind of space where we can't, we have to like, at some point fight each other so like okay right. maybe it's you know big enough for us to move around an acre or whatever but yeah they're trying to kill me i'm trying to kill it they have the advantage here this is a 760 40 advantage they are small i think you have to their skin is so tough that like one of the rumors about them is that you can like shoot an arrow at them and it'll like bounce off because they're so they're so tough they really only have a soft spot that is their head so you're really talking about having to stomp them out and crush their skulls and if not, they're going to maul you with their claws and teeth and super strength. 70-30. 70-30 badger. I, I am so glad I'm talking about this with you. <laughs> you are. <laughs> this is incredible. All right. We are, we are putting the, the badger in that second tier. Uh, out there. They're probably going to win. Um, the next one is the anaconda or, or python, whichever one you want to talk about. This one, I, I don't see how anybody could win this, this fight. If we're talking bare hands, like if I have the ability to pick up sticks and stuff like this, like maybe that tilts the same goes for the honey badger. Like if I can't even pick up a stick or something off the ground, like a log, then like this makes then I basically have to use my foot to stop its head. That's like really tough. If it's an anaconda, I don't know how you do this. Like yeah. I don't know how with your hands you could get to a point where you would kill it because like if you had a stick or something, you try to hold its tail down on one end and hit this head or you know, whatever it is. But if you're just trying like to 20 grab feet it long and it's like it's like weighs a ton. And the moment you grab it is the moment all of a sudden you're now vulnerable to it wrapping around you and you're, and you're out of here. So I don't actually know what the strategy is for killing an anaconda with your bare <laughs> hands. Also, here's the thing. I'm sure there are people out there who maybe have some institutional knowledge about what to do against an anaconda. I don't have that. So I have no idea. Am I grabbing the tail? Am I grabbing the head? Am I just I don't know. I'm getting bodied 90 percent of the time. Uh, I have an outside shot that maybe I found the right thing, but it's 90 to 10 here. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm putting it in the top tier. There ain't, there ain't no way I'm killing this thing. There, I, I have a very large amount of self-awareness here. Um, <laughs> let's go with the penguin. I, I don't think this is like a, an emperor penguin or anything like that. This looks I like think a, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. It is yeah. an emperor penguin. So they're kind of large. Um, yeah. it's a, you could tell any type of penguin though. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. Absolutely getting bodied. These animals are not designed to, to combat. They're not designed to fight. Um, assuming that this is taking place on land, that thing is not getting away from me fast enough for me to boot it all the way, uh, you know, <laughs> to submission. I love it. We're, we're, we're bodying this penguin hundred percent. Uh, the crocodile is next. And I, I gotta be honest with you. I know the eyeball trick. I know that that's how you get it to go away from you. I I, I have no idea how to puncture the skin of, of the, the actual scales yeah. of, a, of a crocodile. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Yeah, you're. This is like the anaconda, where I'm sure it has a vulnerability. Like we all know the, the um, Steve Irwin. You know, he would know how to get behind them and tackle them, and then you hold. But that was more just to like grab their mouth. I don't know how if he had to kill it, what you would do. I think you could gouge its eyes out. Um, but I, I don't. There's probably a method. I don't know it. So this makes it 100 to zero. I have no chance. I don't even know what I would do. I don't know what I. I would try to run around and get it to die of exhaustion or something. Yeah, 100% with you. Uh, a buffalo is next. 0%. No, this is a bison. Oh, it's a bison. Uh, my apologies. Well, I mean, that's a buffalo. I mean, buffalo, if you're a bison. Um, man, so the ancient humans, or actually even the Sangkunga, the Kalahari, the way they hunt animals is that they do run them to exhaustion. They would just chase them and let, not let them ever rest, and then they overheat. That's your only hope here. A bison is like a rhinoceros of the North right. America. You have no chance here. There's no way it has a vulnerability that you with your bare hands could take advantage of. So I'm going to go 100 to zero. There's just no chance I could kill a buffalo with my own hands. I'm absolutely with you. There's, I, it's just it's just so large, man. Like, what is that, 800 pounds, 900 pounds? Yeah. Like, it's, it's just unbelievable. Um, a cow is next. This looks like the great and American is- cow. Yeah, this is like a dairy cow too, because there's different yeah. types. Like you could say a longhorn, or you know, there's there's some different a, a, a bull or, or or something that this just looks like a dairy cow. Um, I don't think it's going to have the ability to kill you. You know, like if we just talk about the temperament of a cow, even if it was a designed like cage match thing, it still doesn't have the temperament to be you know attacking you. Mm-hmm. I think I have a good chance at this one. It would like you would be beating your fist to a pulp trying to knock this thing out like over and over and over again. It would be very difficult to do, but I'm going to go this one. Um, whew, you're only worried about being trampled. Yeah, I'm just go... imagine getting kicked by that thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I could avoid that a little bit. I'm going to go 60-40. Yeah. I think 60-40 I got this one. The dairy cow, I think 60-40. Okay. Okay, I could see that. What about the, uh, is this a mountain goat? or no? Uh, it's, it's just a little, little goat. This is a little, little farm goat. goat. Um, yeah. These guys are tenacious. They they can they it would take a lot for them to kill you. They could hurt you. They could knock you down. But they're not. They don't have the strength and the weight. Uh, and those horns, like you'd have to be kind of dumb to get like impaled by them. Uh, I'm gonna go ninety percent. I get the I get the goat. Oh, okay. I, I think uh, I, I might put it in the the hundred percent getting bodied category. If you feel that confident. <laughs> They've got those horns, man, but they're they don't have the like dexterity to really be able to to f you up with them. I think I think you have a pretty good. Ch- you're gonna take some blows. You're gonna you're gonna have some yeah. bruises, but I think you're gonna be able to get them by the horns and overpower them. I love it. Next, uh, it looks like a snapping turtle. 
I don't have enough familiarity with this one to know what the plan is. I know that the snap is like really quick and like incredibly hard. Like you, you could lose some fingers here if you're not careful and oh, who yeah. knows, maybe your life, but I still don't think, I think that they're going to be clumsy enough that you're going to be able to find an angle on them uh, to get this done. I'm going to go 90, 95% chance of getting this turtle. Okay. If there, if there's no time limit on this, then I'm flipping this turtle on its Straight shell point. Yeah, and, there you go. I'm just letting it go. Like I'll, I'll get yeah. a bag of chips and just, just wait it out. Just watch it. Yeah. There you go. Not bad. <laughs> that's, that's so cruel. Um, <laughs> looks like a panda is next. I, I, this one was hard for me. Cause I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how confident I would be in this, but I don't think it's getting mauled hundred percent. Cause I don't, again, like the cow, I don't know their temperament. I don't know that they're like these vicious beasts. They might be, they have some strength. I mean, you've seen them climb the bamboo, like real fat. Like they have the ability oh, yeah. to do that, but are they mean? Are they, is that what they're looking for? This is the one I would be waiting. I'm, I'm ill-informed on this one. So I don't know, but I'm yeah. going to be with you that I think that I have a shout at it. I'll go 50, 50. Okay. 50, 50. It is. Hippo, I don't even know if we have to discuss this hippo. 0% like, chance. Are you kidding me? You have no chance of killing a hippo. I love it. Um, it's like a monkey is next. Uh, do you know what breed of monkey this is? Man, I do feel like we know what kind this is, but I, I don't. I can't off the top of my head tell you what it is. Um, monkeys are quick. They're kind of vicious. They're, they, they're stronger than you think. But they're also really little. This one in particular... I'm going to go 70-30. Um, this looks like a little spider monkey type thing. I mean. Yeah, for those that can't, obviously you can't see it. It's, it looks about 25, 30 pounds. Yeah, it's real small. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I got a good chance against it just because it's so small. Like I might lose a finger or two, but I think I'm going to be able to get like, get it, get it down and hold yeah. it down. So I'm going to go 70-30. I'm with you there. Hyena is next. Zero percent chance. Are you kidding me? Like, there's just, what are you going to do against the hyena, man? They're they. It's like a the. I've seen. I've actually been on a safari before. I've seen a hyena. They're larger than you would think. Their necks are like enormous. They're like the size of my chest. Um, <laughs> and they just like their strength is ridiculous. Like, it's not one of those ones where if you were wrestling it and it bit you, you'd be able to like hold it off and punch it. Like, no, it's gonna bite you and drag you all the way across the savanna. Zero uh, percent chance. <laughs> Great imagery there from, from Mr. Morris. Um, what about a wolf? We hear about encounters with wolves where a human will escape. Often it's like a lone wolf or like a, a an adolescent or something. Like we have a chance, but a full grown gray wolf. Um, usually if we're talking about, they usually hunt in packs, but if you just have a one-on-one -on -one with a wolf, there is a chance, there is a chance, but it's a really small one. I'm going to say a 5% chance at getting this wolf. 90, yeah. 95 out of hundred times. It's killing me. I feel like this is a classic uh, second tier one because, like, if you do get a lucky hit, and then then it's I guess right. it's possible, but that, that, like you said, ninety times, ninety five times out of a hundred, you are not living that encounter. Uh, we got a grizzly bear here. We are we're just gonna skip right on past zero percent chance, zero percent <laughs> chance. Uh, this one I'm actually can, can I'm interested about in, in hearing your opinion. A flamingo. 100% chance. This thing has no chance. It's not like extremely mobile. I mean, they've got a vulnerability in their neck. I don't actually know how it would kill you. So I think it's 100%. I am grabbing that thing by its uh, toothpick legs and I'm swinging it around and slamming <laughs> it at the ground. That's that's how, that's how we're, we're attacking that one. Uh, okay. A sloth. 
Sloth is probably 100% as well. They do have some pretty sharp claws. I do think that there's like a risk. I, I went to Costa Rica one time and there was like a, hey, like they they can maul you if you're not if you're not careful. But I think it's more of a feel like try to take a selfie with one and you you know you I don't think it's like if you have your guard up and are trying to kill this thing it's going to be able to get you. So, uh I'm going to go 100%. They're so small. Um they have some real vulnerabilities. I love it. Uh looks like a is that is that a it's chimpanzee? A chimpanzee. Yeah, yeah, chimpanzee. Yeah. 0% chance. Are you kidding me? Zero. Like one of the most oh, yeah. vicious. They people think like oh chimpanzee, you know, it doesn't weigh as much as you. I think it's like 8 times stronger than you. Like 8 times. And by the way, it has four arms effectively because its legs also have like you know, hands that can grab you. So even if you think you're doing hand to hand contact, it's a four armed basically beast that's also stronger than you. And oh, by the way, vicious. And do you know when chimpanzees attach attack you where they go for? Uh, three, so the nuts. <laughs> they go for the nose, the fingers, and the the crotch. Yeah, absolutely. So not only are you losing this one, you're losing it in horrific fashion. Absolutely, Holy horrific cow. Fashion. that's that is unbelievable. That that's a that's a fact that I. I yeah. needed to know today. <laughs> you did not need that um, one. Oh my gosh. Uh a goose. 100% chance. People I saw this one was like controversial. People were like a goose will attack you. Like goose attack people at the pond when you're trying to feel the old lady at the pond or this or that. But like goose, they can be mean and if again, like the sloth, if you're just kind of there not noticing and take a selfie, it might bite your ear and make you bleed. But if you're trying to kill the thing, like get out of here, man. Get out of oh, here. Yeah. That thing weighs like 3 pounds. All right, looks like we have a jag. Is that a jaguar here? Is that a leopard? This is like, either a snow leopard or a clouded leopard. I would guess it's a snow leopard. Okay. Um, and this one is 0% chance. The big cats, man, they are designed as predators. Like those things are the best predators on earth. Um, you know, pound for pound. This thing is going to absolutely murder you. They can jump 30 feet. Um, they're designed to kill. They can kill you in a bunch of different ways. But the most likely way is it's going to strangle you by going for your jugular. <laughs> I think we can we can probably move all of the the cats here. We've got a panther. Got a panther. Yeah, that one's we've same thing. A, looks like a tiger here. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lion. That that's definitely going in. Tiger, um, tiger, and lion. By the way, are less than zero percent. Like a tiger is going to have such an have light work with you. Be the easiest <laughs> thing ever. That's that's light work for that tiger. Um, uh, I think the other like so we've got a cheetah down there. It looks mm. like there's a there's a lynx down there. There's a, there's there's a, a lynx. So actually these know. ones are interesting. So a lynx, yeah. they're so small. Now we're talking like you're you're getting into the territory where it's so small that again in a fight to the death it's going to be so much quicker than you and it does have a really thick fur so it's going to be hard to kill. Um, but it's that one I would say is more. Oof, they're trying to kill me though. I'm going to I'm going to go 70 30. No, I'm going to go 60 40 on this one. 60 40 it uh because again it is designed to kill it has teeth and it has an easier it has weapons on its body where you oh, we, sure. we, we really don't. <laughs> um but it is so little that you're probably going to take a lot of scrapes and scratches and there's a chance that you're going to be able to pin it down enough to to strangle it. Yeah, I can see that. What's what's the cat next to it by the like kind of next to the the silverback? <laughs> um next to the silverback. Where's that one at? Uh, what row are we on? Uh, I'm, I'm moving them right now. It's above it's, the uh, next... Yes, that's a Wolverine. So there is no chance. That's a zero percent chance with the Wolverine. Oh it's no, like that's a... A, that's okay. I I was thinking that that was a a, a brown bear or something like that. The, no, that's a. I uh... mean, it's like it. I mean, Wolverines have killed grizzly bears before. Like they've been known to kill them. Like that thing is you have no chance against it. They're ferocious. Oh, well, that's yeah. like a giant badger. They're more ferocious more angry more aggressive but also have zero fear and they have 
like you know incredibly strong jaws and enormous claws like you have no chance zero percent all right let's let's move back up here to, to some of these other ones we've got an orangutan zero percent um, chance again zero percent chance to kill you it's so that strong is, man it's huge it, that thing is massive they no i mean you just have no way of getting to it i mean it has longer arms than you <laughs> better reach more ability and just it's significantly stronger so i think zero oh percent uh we've got an elephant right next to it that could definitely go zero percent as well like I, I have no idea what i would do barehanded against an elephant that you'd get trucked like very very quickly <laughs> did you see this story by the way i think it was in india uh a elephant trampled a woman in a village and then later that day when they were doing the funeral it trampled the funeral <laughs> it's like <laughs> i don't know what happened with the i don't know what that woman did to this elephant but it somehow like showed back up just to make sure like wow that's, that's that meme that that Joel Embiid used uh, about the, yep. the had to show up to make sure my enemy was was dead. Yeah. That's that's funny. Um, we got a cobra next. This is interesting. Like I I don't think this is like I'm going to win it guaranteed, but I think I'd probably win against a cobra. I think the odds are higher here. I'm gonna go seventy thirty because there's a really good chance it's a draw. <laughs> like the that's, way it's gonna yeah. kill the way it's gonna <laughs> kill you is by poisoning you, but you're still gonna have the ability to like rip the bite off of you and strangle it and you it's a draw you both die um but i'm gonna go yeah 70 percent chance i mean people know how to pick up cobras right so yeah. i'm not saying i do but and i, I think, think that one of the stipulations way. here is that once you kill it you can get medical attention afterwards so there, oh, like perfect that, that venom definitely it's not Ooh. like we're we're gonna be fine gotta work um, quick yeah um a fox is next 80 20 maybe 90 10 i got this one it's they're so small um you know i it can deliver some really good bites to you you're probably going to get wounded but fight to the death i'm going to win that one most of the time okay got a bald eagle after that how do you fight a bald eagle this is the question here is That's like great like i'm i'm just trying to punch it when it goes by <laughs> yeah i mean is there a time limit like it can't just fly until i'm sleeping and then come down and swoop down like i don't know this is a tough one but mm -hmm. if you are talking about it's attacking me i'm attacking it i'm gonna go 50 50. Uh, it's big enough and the claws are sharp i mean their claws really are like razor oh, blades yeah. so it's not talons, man. The, the, the talons yeah you're not getting this like i don't think people realize that it's it really would be like a samurai swiping out like those cuts are going to be deep and they're going to be deadly i'm going to go 50 50 because if you get it if you can get a hold of it it's over like this animal is completely loses all its power once it's lost its flight right that's makes up 90 percent of the, the pole battle right there if i have a shirt on i'm luring it in catch <laughs> capturing it with my shirt and i'm getting i'm going up now i found a strategy 70 30. I love it. I love it. Let's uh, so do I put this. That's so funny. Um, we got a horse next. Zero percent. I don't know how you would kill a horse. It's yeah. a, I don't. It, you could try to avoid it for a while, but I mean, they're so strong. It'll trample you. It'll kick you. But I don't know even if I got it. Like I got it in a headlock. What am I doing next? I don't know. I can't choke it. I can't like punch <laughs> it. I, so zero. I don't know how to kill a horse. Zero percent. A sea turtle is next after that. A hundred percent. Those things are weak. Come on now. Especially if we're fighting on land, like that thing has no chance. They're not uh, we, we got this the snapping turtle strategy here. We're just gonna flip it on its shell flip and pin it, it over. Down. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> we're good. Looks like we've got a, a German shepherd. I guess we're classifying this as dog next. And then well, we'll call it down. German Shepherd, because yeah, if you're okay. telling me it's a pug, I'm like, come on. But a German Shepherd, um, it's simple. 
going to be pretty comparable to the wolf. So whatever we said on the wolf, I think is the same. There's a chance you got a chance, but your chances are less favorable. Maybe 80, 20, the, the German shepherd. Yeah, I think that's right. Kangaroo. Man, I don't know enough about these other than that they're incredibly strong, have really sharp claws and like basically this pointy claw on their foot and it balances on its tail and like disembowels you. That's like the way is they'll grab you and then like grab its let you on its tail, put its foot up and just stab you and then completely just gut you right like that. I, I feel, feel like I answered the question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I know a good strategy for that. But then we saw that video of that guy that went and punched it in the face and it got stunned. Like, And that's what they say is they can be stunned. And it's like, okay, so I guess I just need to deliver one good punch. And then I got to like, it's stunned and I can get at it. So there's a chance. I'm going to go. Maybe, maybe that does classify. You get the lucky hit in. That's, that, yeah. seems, that seems pretty reasonable. It's like Mike Tyson's punch out. It's like when you get to Tyson, you know, like <laughs> you got to you, you you got you, one punch is all they're going to need. So you got to really be careful here. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 85, 15 kangaroo. Okay. Okay. Komodo dragon after that. Man, these things are vicious and they're aggressive. Um, 90, they're 10. Big too. And they're huge. 90. T- Actually, no, I'm going to go 95, 5. I don't know how to kill this one either. It's the same thing. Whereas if I get it, like say I jump on its back. What am I doing? Choking it out? I got it in a full Nelson, half Nelson. Like I don't, I don't know what the kill is. I think you just have to stomp on its head, and that's going to be tough to do with an animal that size. So I'm gonna. There's a five percent chance, I suppose. Okay. Well, we'll put it in the second tier. Um, a moose is next. I feel like this is this is hundred percent zero percent chance of killing a moose. Man, are you kidding me? Yeah. These things are enormous. They're mean. They're strong. Um, this one has has you know horns on it. Like get out of here, man. Or anal or antlers. <laughs> Come on, zero percent. Got a big black bear after that. That's zero percent once again. Is it zero? Yeah, it's zero. It, I mean, no, no, it's it's two percent, two percent chance. There is a chance. Like there have been stories of people that have like five. We all saw the revenant. You know, like come on, there's a chance you could like sit here. And, there, there happened to be a large knife involved in that. Well, fight. that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Zero percent. How am I killing a bear, man? There's no way. Zero percent. I choke out that bear. Um, got platypus after that. The platypus are poisonous. Um, I don't think the poison can kill you, but I do think it creates a little bit of a, of, of maybe a challenge there, but I'm still going to go 95% chance I kill it. Okay. Okay. My, uh, Nine, 98% chance. 98. Yeah. I'm going to drop it in that fourth tier because I feel like if, if there is actually no, because you got the poison, know. you're going you're to get treatments after. Okay. I'll drop it in the fifth tier. I think we there can take go. it. I think we can yeah. take it. Octopus. This is one where it, it sort of matters that you're on land. So we're on land. Octopus. It's easy. You just wait it out, right? Like, come on, octopus can't attack you. If you're in the water and you have to survive, I I have a feeling we have to be in water for this. But if we're in land, like, come on, 100. percent They do, that. That's not where they exist. Um, let's just, let's assume we're in water here. Oh, zero percent chance. Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> this thing. <laughs> this is the thing. It's like a shark. You know, like on land, 100 percent chance. In water, zero percent. Those things are okay. scary. They're one of the most terrifying animals there are. Um, I have no chance against them. Does that by definition mean we have to go 50-50? I guess it does. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. We got a big old gorilla next. That Zero percent. A, are you kidding zero me? Zero percent. hundred percent. Yeah, that's no way. Um, what is this next to that gorilla? That's the lynx. I think we talked about okay. it a little, a little bit earlier, but yeah. Um, or a bobcat. So we had a bobcat and a lynx. Oh, now. that's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that's my that's my problem. <laughs> well, yeah. Similar enough though that I don't think. I mean, those animals are similar enough. Okay, we're gonna keep it similar. I've seen, I've seen both, by the way, in the wild. Believe it or not. 
I, I dude, I, I believe it 100%. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, porcupine. Ah, uh, man, how do you kill a porcupine like with your bare hands? Have you seen the, the, uh, the Eastern porcupine like in action? Have you seen what it does when it kind of backs up to, to one of those predators? Is that is this the ones that you see in North America? Or the because this one on the picture is the one you see in Africa. Um, yeah, no, I think we're going African porcupine here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like that's like a tiger, <laughs> dude. They have like fish hook style barbs on them. Like they get into you, and you can't pull them out. You know, without tearing your flesh even more. So this one's gonna be tough. At the same time, though, they don't really move that great. Like yeah. they're they're a defense animal, and I don't know what their offense looks like. So. <laughs> Um, I think I actually have a good chance at this one just because I don't know how it would attack you. It's all about, did you screw up in your attack of it? So I'm going to go 80, 20. Okay. I I agree with you there. Ostrich is next. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Isn't it? Ostrich. I've seen these in the wild too, believe it or not. Oh yeah. Um, like 60 miles per hour. I'm, I'm probably getting bodied, man. They're pretty strong. They're pretty fast. Um, I'm going to go 80-20. I, I think there's a chance with them. I, I could be wrong on this. I think there's a chance with them. But, man, they're pretty um, they're pretty massive, and they have, like, I don't know how you would get a hold of it. You know, you'd have to, like, find a way to grab its neck. I, 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 I'll go 70-30. There's a chance. Kind of like the kangaroo. I feel like if you get a good punch off on the head, then it might stun it because it's just such a small head. They're also really dumb. Like, I'll let me go 60-40. They're pretty dumb. That, that you're, okay. Some of these animals, the, your advantage is just how dumb they are, and that's one of them. Yeah, that's fair. Or right, we've got an otter next. Are you bodying this otter? Yeah, I'm bodying the otter. I think this is a <laughs> I think this is a ninety-eight percentile. I mean, maybe there's something I'm not factoring in here. Actually, I'll go hundred percentile. I'm bodying an otter. Hell yeah. Uh, we got an, an owl after that. Woo! Just like the eagle. Um, their talons are a lot smaller. They're designed for different things. Their beak is also significantly smaller. Um I'm gonna go. You know what? I think I get an owl. It'd be it'd be ugly. It'd be bloody. I think I get the owl though. I'm gonna go 98. percent Okay. We're Looks like a barred owl, by the way. If anybody was curious, what, what kind of owl? We 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 probably should have that larger bird discussion on this podcast at some point. <laughs> That's a we we gotta we gotta rank your favorite birds. That'll be a that'll be the next yeah. tier list. Um, looks like a is this an elephant seal? Is that right? Is it an elephant seal? Is that what it is, or a sea lion? Oh, it might be a sea lion. Let me see. Let's, let's go. Right now. Oh, uh, no, you're right. Elephant seal. You were right about oh, it. Elephant seal. Heck yeah. Um, Brown's got some knowledge. How the heck do you kill this thing, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so big. I don't even know what my yeah. kicks and hits are gonna do. But I don't. How does it kill me? I'm not sure oh, about well, that. I, I don't think people realize how big this thing is. Like, I, I think it would probably way out at least double like what a normal human would so i think that they weigh four thousand four hundred pounds <laughs> oh well that's <laughs> probably more than double but at i don't think double. they can move like this is definitely a land fight and they can't exactly move um i think i kill it i don't know how but it's probably like a 24-hour battle of just like trying to like run circles around it and kick it in the head over and over again um so i think i win just because i don't know how it attacks me I, yeah i mean and there there might be something to that i i think i'd probably put it like closer to 50 50 uh just because like once you get into that thing if you if you step wrong then that thing it's on you and, and if you've ever no seen away. elephant seals when they fight are like the bloodiest you're right this is actually more 50 50 like uh, if you just it, 
images of them when they fight each other they like they're just covered in blood and that blubber like i don't know how i'd break the skin like you're right you're right this one i'm i'm probably getting bodied by yeah like actually uh, we're, we're gonna put it in tier two because there's a possibility that you tire it out but we'll uh, we'll put it in tier two yeah um polar bear getting zero percent are you kidding me polar bears that's like one of the least animals you're least likely to kill with your hands like right there with a tiger um no chance yeah. Got a raccoon next. Hundred percent chance it could kill you with rabies, but I don't think it could kill you any <laughs> other way. So hundred percent chance. So we got that medical attention in the background here. Um, we've got a. I, I think this is just a normal seal next. Yeah, or is this a sea lion? Or sea lion? Yeah. Um, hundred percent. Assuming again we're on land, like hundred percent. That one has no no ability to attack you meaningfully. We've got a bull now, like a straight up bull. Uh I ran with the bulls one time. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, I, no, I did not. And, and, and I actually like this exact type of bull. And it was, a, I believe, a black bull as well, just like this one. And my my moment was I actually put my hand on its back as I you run down the street. And I put my hand on its back as I ran into the arena. Um, the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, Jesus. That thing had a lot of power. It was really fast. And uh, had it turned on me, I probably wouldn't be here today. So I'm going to go with... Could I trick it into running into a wall? Probably not. I'm gonna go 1% chance I kill it. <laughs> yeah, we're going tier one on that one. That, I, I'm I'm getting mauled. No questions asked. We're yeah. definitely going with that. Um, you know this one? An, an emu. That's right. We got an emu. Um, I don't think they're that good. Like I don't know how they would kill you. Like they got the big feet, but they're kind of they're like the ostrich. What did we say with the ostrich? I'll just go there. Um, I think we uh, I think we said tier two on that. Like you, you get a lucky hit, but I feel like it might be closer to 50-50 on the emu. Uh, I'm killing an emu. I'm killing an emu. 70-40. <laughs> All right. We'll go. We'll go. We'll, as, as opposed to the ostrich, where we definitely said we were getting mostly bodied here. They're a little um, smaller. They're a little smaller. <laughs> Not as fast. We got a walrus here. That, those tusks are pretty imposing. They just wouldn't stab you other than when you're trying to kill it. It's one of those. It's like the porcupine. Like how yeah. it's not going to chase you down. So you could avoid that until it's time to try to get it. I, I mean, I don't know how you would quantify this. I'll go. I'll go 70, 30. Uh, no, 70, 30 it. Cause I don't know how to kill it. I just, I'd have to try to figure out poke its eyes and stuff. Yeah. Porcupine. You said you might, you might win it. Um, but I do think that with this walrus, it's it's just got the higher defense levels than the porcupine does, so I, I think we got to go 50-50 because, like you said, it's it's a not a land animal, but uh, we we've got the last one here. Last one, we're gonna round it up with a rhino. Zero percent chance? Are you kidding? Like the scare, one of the scariest animal, like one of the worst ways to die too. It'd be like a mauling by a rhino. Like that's a rough one, man. So zero percent chance? Are you kidding? It's covered in armor. How do you kill a rhino? You don't. Um, no way. Yeah, like I'm again. If I could pick up a log and try to choke it or something, I don't know. Yeah, zero percent. All right. Well, that is the entire list. That is <laughs> our this greatest conversation list. ever. I love this. This is this was a lot of fun. This is this is what you got to do in the off season for sure. That was harder than I thought, man. I'm getting bodied by most animals pretty bad. There's like oh, four yeah. animals I killed. <laughs> no, because, here's here's the final list of animals that you're killing. You got a penguin. You got a goat. The snapping turtle. Flamingo, yep. sloth, yep. goose. Yeah, uh, you've got a sea turtle, got yeah. a platypus, got yep. an otter, yeah, an owl, 
a raccoon and a sea lion man i probably don't kill a sea lion man what am i talking about oh no the sea lion yeah that's the little one it doesn't have any way of attacking you so yeah Yeah. those are the ones yeah all right i feel pretty good about that i I think it could have gone it could have gone worse it could have gone worse for (laughs) sure well adam this was a lot of fun thank you for hopping on with me man I, I appreciate it, man. That was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, the deep off season, man. I'll tell you what, though. We got a Jokic basketball in two and a half weeks. Oh he God. does these tune-ups. So the off season, it feels like uh, we're in the middle of the desert. Not really. It's coming around the corner, man. And we're going to get to see our Serbian king play. I cannot wait. For everybody else, that is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'll be back next week. Well, we'll, I don't remember what I'm... I think I'm going to focus on individual players. I think that's where we're we're going into next week with. We'll just have a lot of fun with that. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you once again to Adam for hopping on. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.